Welcome to an Inform Life Radio on 1150 AM KKNW and streaming to CHD TV. I'm your host, Bernadette Pager. And with me today is Bob Runnels. Come on the show. There you are, Bob. Bob is with Inform Choice Washington, as I am still, even though I'm in Tennessee. And uh, a little quick preview in the second hour, we're going to be talking about the Washington chapter of Children's Health Defense, which is newly launched. And Bob and I are both working on that. Bob's sort of taking the lead, aren't you, Bob? (laughs) Yeah, uh, we miss you, Bernadette, but uh, we're looking pretty good here. We had our launch today and we've got lots of people signing up and we look to galvanize people across the state. Yeah. We're going to spend the full second hour of the show talking about that and all the collaboration we're going to be doing um, and and the great efforts uh, that are going to be underway in the state of Washington. Uh, I think people are hungry to get boots on the ground and do a lot of work. Um, And I guess I need to start off with my usual disclaimer that the views expressed on this show are not necessarily those of KKNW or CHD TV, but we are so grateful to be here to have real discussion, uncensored, except for we watch, you know, bad language, but otherwise uncensored, um, just great dialogue to bring truth um, to the people and encourage people just like Del Bigtree's always saying and Bobby Kennedy's always saying, you know, don't necessarily take us at face value. We're bringing you information that we've researched. We're bringing on experts that, you know, we've been following so they can bring you information and then you got to go do your own homework. And, and, and when you stand from that place of of making decisions in your life, not out of fear, but on education, you know, following what's going on and then listening to also to your intuition. Um, you know, Bob, I know you and I as parents that anytime we've ever turned away from our intuition is the times that we realize later we made the wrong decision. <laughs> uh, bringing us back to intuition is, is really important. But so in this first hour, we're very excited to bring on even more action. I tell you, the country, the nation is on fire to really right wrongs and to make things better than ever. And so with us this second, this first hour, we have uh, Janice Lindsay, who is PhD, and Carolyn Blakeman, who probably needs an, uh, would it be an M-O-N the, um, that we mama bears give ourselves? You know, it's a PhD, it's an M-O-M. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, I used to work in grocery years ago, and, and, and I knew a mom who had that on her checks <laughs> as her. It was M period, O period, M period. And it was just, you know. And, okay, so I digress a lot, and you'll learn this about me as you come on the shows more and more. <laughs> but part of the problem of how we got to this mess was moms have not been elevated to their rightful role in society and family. So I'm just going to take a few seconds to say that, you know, as women fought for equal rights, which of course equal pay, of course, you know, we're fabulous parts of this great, you know, humanity, but somehow we gave up. It used to be, oh, I'm just a stay at home mom. What do you mean just a stay at home mom? 
that's the most important job on the planet is to be there for your family. And so I just feel like as moms and even as dads, that role, those parental roles that are continually being usurped by the government um, and, and sort of disparaged as not worthy of elevating, you have to have a big job or something in order to be important in the world. I think we need to re-elevate parents and the family unit and, and what it means to be a mom or a dad. And if you dedicate your life to that, cause that's your calling. Fantastic. Okay. Enough of my soapbox here. Um, we're brought you on because we, we mentioned a couple weeks ago, we, the people 50 and we had on Dr. Richer, um, who was one of the founders. He's down in Missouri, correct? Um, Dr. Mississippi. Richer. Uh, Mississippi. Oh, I yeah. apologize. I get those M-I-S-S states a little bit sometimes. <laughs> Great things happening in both states, though. Missouri just got their religious exemption rights for the first time in years through That's great, great. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, legal work. So the theme of this show today is tenacity and truth. We are winning. Join us. Because it's the tenacity of really good lawyers who refuse to give up, who are now winning and getting us back the freedoms and returning us to the foundations of this nation, like the great 4th of July um, announcement that, you know, Biden could no longer go meddling with Facebook and social media and such. It's a temporary injunction, but holy moly, that was a very long pronouncement from that judge and what it what free speech is supposed to be in America. And, and, and then you guys here. So um, the tenacity of refusing to let the bad guys win. That's and right. I cleaned That's right. up bad guys to what I usually say. So, cause we're on AM radio. So who <laughs> would like to go first? Um, Carolyn, why don't we start with you? Why don't you introduce yourself and, and kind of how you got to be where you are today talking about this. Um, we, the people 50. Sure. Well, to, to um, go on with your point is we have a team of great attorneys and doctors and scientists because we all have to work together on this initiative. Um, I'm the director for the former Feds Group Freedom Foundation, and the We the People 50 is one of their initiatives that Jancy came up with and then called me and said she needed some help with the project. And I'm like, oh, just all 50 states. That's all we got to do. Conquer. <laughs> Um, so I said, absolutely. I've been working a lot with the hospital protocol victims. Um, we've got uh, over a thousand now in our database of people mm-hmm. that have died from the protocol. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these people's lives have been destroyed, but they were discriminated against for not getting this vaccine. They were treated completely different um, versus, you know, we've, we had doctors say, we need your bed for a vaccinated person. So you're scheduled to die on Saturday and the patient would keep asking what day is my execution. And the doctors would say Saturday and snicker and keep walking. I mean, just horrific stories. So, you know, I always try to tell the victims we have so many vax injured. Do not feel guilty because they were going to get you one way or the other. They're going to mm-hmm. get you with the jab or they're going to get you with the protocol. Mm-hmm. But you know, that that's the, the whole mission. So when Jancy called me and said, let's do this, Let's get these shots recalled because we have some science now that shows that they're contaminated. And I'll let her go into the science part because that's not my area at all. Mm-hmm. Even though I've learned a lot lately. I feel like a little <laughs> mini scientist. But um, <laughs> um, we have to get them recalled just like any other contaminated product. So, you know, contaminated baby food or dog food. So you can be pro-vaccine, but are you pro-contaminated vaccine? 
nobody wants contaminants in their products. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, the scientists let the FDA and the CDC know they did nothing. Um, so we decided, well, we have to take it to the people. Mm-hmm. And that's hence the name We the People 50 and go through the state AG's office or the county commissioners to under the consumer product protection statutes. These are contaminated mm-hmm. and they must be recalled. Excellent. So uh, mm-hmm. we're starting, you know, state by state. We've had some wins in, in Idaho. Um, I'll let Nancy go into that too. But and I feel really, really good about, you know, we just have to raise awareness with the people, just like we had to do with the protocols. And and I think we'll, we'll get further with the people than we are with our agent, healthcare agencies that have been captured. Yeah. Oh, this is wonderful. And and I want to let listeners know that what you're going to be explaining in this hour, this is a call to action. So you guys are preparing the experts, the information in the process, but it's a call to action to people in every state to get a hold of you because you want to do this. If, if the, it can't be done at the state level, because it's not maybe a friendly state, I'm hoping to do it at the state level here in Tennessee, but um then county level, you can go in if you've got a friendly county that might be willing, right, to to do this process. So That's yeah, right. mm-hmm. so go ahead, um, uh, Dr. Lindsay, go ahead and um, tell us what your how you got involved in all of this. So I'm a molecular biologist, which means somebody that studies uh, DNA, RNA, and protein, very very small things. Um, I'm also a toxicologist. So uh, when they decided that they were going to roll out a gene therapy and not call it a gene therapy and try to fool people, I was very alarmed. Um, I knew exactly what it was. And so does every other molecular biologist in this country. Uh, But they were calling it something else. They were trying to fool people. Um, The reason they were trying to fool people is that gene therapy has never been successful. Uh, There have been a myriad of problems with it. Um, namely leukemia and other cancers, lymphomas, uh, due to uh, a kind of uh, insertional mutagenesis that happens when you use a gene therapy. It happens more often with DNA, which is why we'll talk about the DNA plasmids being a a cancer risk. Um, So I knew something was terribly wrong. I also knew uh, I had worked on a reproductive vaccine in the 1990s, um, that that went a very strange direction when the NIH and and uh, Baylor College of Medicine and some other scientists tried to sue my boss for the patent. Um, it didn't work. It caused ovarian destruction. But there's a lot of money that goes into funding contraceptive research. And... Uh, with some of the things that were being said and them rolling out this gene therapy, um, I was very concerned the proper experiments were not done. And so I spoke out early on to the ACIP, the CDC ACIP com- committee, and I uh, said, I, I'm very concerned that this hasn't been studied properly and these have the potential to sterilize an entire generation. And some people may remember that or not. Um, There was a a little meme that went around somebody had put together, which I was grateful for to warn people. Mm -hmm. Um, I also talked about immune escape and the coagulopathies that would ensue that we already, we already knew would happen before they were rolled out because Mm -hmm. we have work of Zhang et al uh, showing that if you infused the spike protein into mice, you got extensive uh, coagulopathies. So, so we already knew 
what yeah, was and, and I think most people, you know, kind of got are familiar with the word coagulant and so coagulopathies. I just for our lay audience want to make sure they understand that like blood clotting disorders yeah. is what we're talking yes. about. Okay. Heart attack, stroke, deep vein thrombosis, pulmonary embolism, um, these types of injuries okay. are all thrombotic events. Um, and then the myocarditis has been known to be related to coronavirus since the 1960s. Um, Ralph Barrick in 1992 proposed to use coronavirus infection in rabbits as a model system to study myocarditis. Um, <laughs> so when I'm sorry for laughing at that, just oh my goodness. we think this might be, you know, some people are scientists are saying that myocarditis might be related to the coronavirus spike, and we just don't. There isn't any science to support. <laughs> You're no. like, well, duh. Yeah. No, well, so, it's, so many lies. So, you know, the CDC is and FDA are very good at lying. They've had decades of practice. I mean, we know the term anaphylaxis was coined and, by Charles Rache, who won a Nobel Prize for his work and coining the term anaphylaxis when he discovered that a certain percentage of people when you inject them with a hypodermic needle will develop these hypersensitivity reactions. So before the, the invention of vaccination by needle, mm -hmm. the word anaphylaxis didn't even exist. And they know, I mean, it's like basic vaccinology 101 that you can make people sensitive. And yet the FDA and CDC deny that vaccines are causing all of these allergies, right? And it's just, it's absurd. It's like, but you know it, it's its the most basic science there is. And how do you make a mouse allergic in the lab so you can study allergy? You give it an aluminum adjuvant and whatever you want, protein you want them to be made allergic to. And if you really want to ramp up the response, you add a little pertussis in the bargain and there you go. So, <clears throat> you know, welcome to the two month, four month, six month schedule for babies in this <laughs> country. Okay. Yeah. And I want to back up just a little bit about something you said. You had been working on a fertility genetic medicine that was dangerous because it was actually causing infertility and somebody wanted the patent on that. Is that what you said? It wasn't a fertility treatment. It was actually meant to be a temporary contraceptive vaccine. At the oh, time, okay. uh, the NOR plant and other implant uh temporary immunocontraceptive vaccines were coming out, uh, but all of the ones on the market typically stop implantation, but not fertilization. So you have a fertilized embryo that just doesn't implant, it flushes out. Mm. Um, this would have blocked the egg from being fertilized. So it would have been very attractive to, to a lot of people um, to prevent fertilization rather than prevent implantation. Mm. Um, unfortunately, it caused uh, autoimmune ovarian destruction, wow. and it's now used to sterilize animals, but there was a lot of money tied up in it, and uh, there were large lawsuits trying to get the patent away from my boss, so wow. I'll just leave it there. Okay. Um, and say that there's a lot of money spent on immunocontraception. Uh, and uh, the HCG and the tetanus toxoid accident in Africa was not an accident. No. That was a vaccine that was being developed. Mm. Uh, so that's, and that was, that was a WHO effort. 
And now the WHO is grasping for the global health reins, and that would be an incredibly poor decision. Um, mm-hmm. but, but back to these, um, they're contaminated. They're contaminated with the plasmids used to create them. Um, and while there are other fishy things going on there, the simplest way to explain this to people is to say, hey, uh, these are contaminated. Like CC said, we don't allow contaminated medications to be uh, sold or put into the commerce stream or given to our children. Definitely not injected into anybody. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have to, as states, as a nation, immediately recall these. Pfizer's not doing it. Moderna's not doing it. There are several labs now that have shown that these are contaminated with double-stranded DNA plasmids. So can you explain to listeners the process of how these vaccines are made and how that contamination gets in there and not only gets in there like just by accident, by by the virtue of the fact you cannot possibly eliminate them totally is my understanding of what I've heard, just the nature of how it's made. But I might be wrong. You're the expert. You explain that. Well, first, let me say I'm not in favor of any genetic vaccines at any time for any reason on a large scale. Um, Possibly I could be in favor of them for inborn errors and metabolism, which is how they were always used in the past. Um, And then only on sterilized recipients so that the gene wasn't passed on. Um, and or people who promise to, to practice, you know, safe sex so that they wouldn't pass on the gene to their offspring and contaminate the gene pool. Um, these always bore the risk of cancer. And uh, with the contamination of the plasmid vaccines, which is how they're grown, in order to, so the FDA and, and Pfizer and Moderna kind of played a bait and switch. They told the EMA, the FDA, or they told the people that they were going to make the, these genetic vaccines a certain way. Um, they, did, they didn't. They made them a certain way for a little while for the clinical trials, and then they changed the process. When they changed the process, they started growing them up in big vats of bacteria. And they infected the bacteria with a genetic um, sequence or or thing called a plasmid, which is an infectious molecule that's able to self-replicate. Now, for Pfizer, they added an SV40 sequence SV40 is a simian virus that is known to be oncogenic to increase cancer risk. Mm-hmm. They added this and they added an SV40 nuclear localization signal. So the DNA would go straight to the nucleus. So before they were just growing these in bacteria, they needed a certain promoter to grow them in bacteria. Then they added to the plasmids these antibiotic resistance genes for canamycin and neomycin. Canamycin is used to treat tuberculosis. Neomycin, most people use every day in antibiotic ointment, right? Mm -hmm. So they made these plasmids carry these resistance genes, which makes the bacteria resistant to those antibiotics. 
Now, those bacteria are E. coli. You have E. coli in your gut. So if these bacteria should get to your gut, they can infect the E. coli in your gut and make your gut E. coli resistant to antibiotics. You shouldn't have to worry about that with neomycin, right? It's a, it's a more of an antifungal eukaryotic. But these plasmids have that SV40 promoter. They can also infect your cells. They never needed to have an SV40 promoter to grow in big vats of E. coli to make the shot. The manufacturers hid the SV40 promoter and nuclearization signal nuclear localization signal from the regulatory agencies. They gave them a plasmid map that had the SV40 oncogenic sequence missing. How was it discovered? Uh, Kevin McKernan discovered it. Another lab, and I, I feel terribly that I can't remember the name of the other lab that, that found it prior to Kevin, um, found this when they sequenced several vials of the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccine. So both of these have the plasmids, but the Pfizer vaccines, both the monovalent and the boosters, every single vial he tested had these plasmids and he had them up to 35% of the shot material was DNA. Now, not intact plasmids, but it doesn't matter. The plasmids self-replicate. So even one is dangerous. It's not just a little contamination. It's up to 35%. Right. Over a third of of the material is DNA in in some of these vials. That's extremely dangerous. These are supposed to be mRNA shots. Remember they said when Alden came out with the paper that uh, they could be reverse transcribed to DNA and then go to the nucleus. They said there's no DNA in there. You have to have line one present. You have to have this reverse transcriptase. That's not going to happen. Well, now uh, that's all thrown out of the water. The DNA is already there. The plasmids have a nuclear localization signal to go straight to your nucleus, and they will integrate. Most often that integration doesn't make you make spike protein. That integration is going to cause a frame shift mutation, insertional mutagenesis, which will cause cancer. That's that's what will happen. And then on top of that, you have a, an SV40 promoter that's associated with cancer that'll sit down differently, uh, perhaps next to an oncogene. And uh, this was all kept from the public and it was kept from the regulatory agencies, but then it gets even better. Then we tell the regulatory agencies, hey, not only do you have DNA plasmids, which should not be here, DNA in your mRNA shots, there's this SV40 sequence that they kept from you. They hid it. It's not on the plasmid map, but it's there. What do you think their response was? Silence? Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. And it's been nothing since Kevin shared it with them several several months ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Since I've tweeted it to them, I don't know how many times mm-hmm. at FDA recalls and discussed it. Um, Kevin finally got, bef- McCarran got before the Verbeck. Uh, board and let them know in a formal presentation that it's there, but he had already given them all the materials months before. Mm-hmm. You would expect that if these regulatory agencies that have been fooled <laughs> had just found out that a 
pharmaceutical company had slipped in a cancer-causing promoter and something that let that plasma that was only supposed to grow in bacteria go straight into your eukaryotic cells, that they would immediately call for a recall. They would censure Pfizer. They would pull all the shots because it's so dangerous. But they didn't. But they, they didn't. Happened. And that goes to intent. Mm-hmm. I firmly believe that they know all about this and that they intended to do this. There is no other explanation at this point. I will not entertain any other explanation because they should have pulled these shots a long time ago. Wow. Here's another point to the intent. You know, the, the um, shots can make you resistant to two major categories of antibiotics, one being yeah. canamycin. Well, the surge over the southern border is bringing tons of diseases. The number one disease that's coming over is tuberculosis. What do you use that's to treat tuberculosis? Canamycin. Hmm. Yeah, and, and so that's a real worry too. And mm-hmm. then these, are, these can be constantly made. Now, we don't know the extent to which the E. coli in your gut could be transfected. We don't know how much of these plasmids are being taken up by your cells, but Kevin found that they are being packaged in the liposomes just like the RNA, just like the mRNA. So they mm-hmm. will go into your cells. Mm-hmm. They will transfect. And they will go to your gonads because we know that plasmids do go to the We know the LMPs already go to the gonads. So mm-hmm. here's this DNA that's going to your eggs and your sperm that can be integrated into our germ cells and passed on. And there's not a regulatory agency that's going to stand up and say, no, we're, we're polluting the human genome. What are we doing? Wow. It's outrageous. It is. It this is. would have never happened. Um, I encourage people to read an article by Nancy King. It's called Accident or Desire, Inadvertent Gene Transfer. I encourage people to read that to get a scope of the or get an idea of the scope of how egregious this is. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. All so right. We're just trying to let people know what's going on because they're being lied to and they're being lied to by our federal agencies that get our tax dollars. Yeah. Wow. And it I, looks like Bob's looking that up for us. So thank you, Bob, if you're looking for that. Awesome. Um, so let's let's move on now to We the People 50 and, and show empower us. Show us what to do. Do you want me to pull up the um, the your web page? Is there somewhere there you would like us to uh, direct as you talk or? Well, we're currently reworking the web page so people can go to it, but it's under construction with with bringing some new links in. So I can't promise it's going to be perfect right now if you pull it up. Um, Cece's idea to put the the running ticker of um, the genetic shot injuries across the top here. Mm -hmm. And we've got 4,400 people in our Vax injury group, and we're one organization, 20 of those people have killed themselves in the last three months because of their oh, injuries. You see, that is, is so devastating. Is that the uh, humanity betrayal project? Yes. And Kat Parker leads the, I think you, you I was on mm-hmm. with her on your show mm-hmm. before she leads the, the Vax injured um, support because she's terribly Vax injured, mm-hmm. but you know, the, these people's lives have been devastated and they all thought they were doing the right thing. They all thought they were, you know, yeah. helping humanity and protecting themselves and protecting their families. And, and the numbers scrolling by in your ticker, I've 
I've heard from very credible sources that the estimates range from the low of of 20 percent, uh, 20. I don't know how you say it, 20 times factor to 40 times factor. So you mm -hmm. either have to multiply the numbers by 20 or by right. 40 right. to maybe get an idea of the true number um, because people have not all reported and doctors are being discouraged from their hospital systems from reporting. There's just a whole lot of stuff going on. And I learned from a, a woman injured by the Johnson Johnson uh, vaccine because she has been a constant communication trying to get the answers but the um bears only the public facing report that you see on bears is the first report filed so if the person has since died or is now um paralyzed or whatever you don't see you don't see further reports to update it you only see the first facing so you know if if let's say 200,000 of these were mild well that was the first report we don't know what happened to them a few days or a few weeks later those many of those might actually have escalated to serious oh yeah um, so it's a concern so thank you for putting the those CDC numbers is on withholding too they've been yeah. withholding data since february of 222 mm -hmm. which is why you see um the bars very low for 223, even though we've kept on at the rate of, of serious death and injury, they're just mm -hmm. not reporting it anymore. There's a news article mm -hmm. uh, that I can share that says that they're going to stop reporting uh, to, so they don't uh, encourage misinformation. So it's, <laughs> it's really Orwellian, right? It's, it's Orwellian where yeah. we are. There's Dr. Witcher. So yeah. Dr. Witcher with Mississippi Against Mandates uh, was one of the first to say, we need to pull these shots. And mm -hmm. I worked with Dr. Witcher, uh, consulted with his group for the past couple of years, um, you know, uh, went to Mississippi, spoke at the Capitol. I spoke at the U.S. Capitol at the Senate about the dangers of these gene therapies and how they, they were being completely mischaracterized. Cece gives so much of her time um, every single week. She's on multiple calls with the vaccine injured, with these people that have been injured in these hospital protocols for hours mm -hmm. and hours, providing emotional support and, um, you know, legal support, also uh, support on how to heal. And so I just have to give her a big hug over this, <laughs> over this mm -hmm. and uh, tell her how proud I am of her yeah. for doing that. And, um, so how, how do we, um, oh, sorry about that. Um, how about give us a success story and then tell people what they need to do to have that sort of success in their state. Yeah. Talk about Idaho. Let's talk about Idaho. Okay. So uh, a very, a very sweet lady, uh, Miss Laura DeMarie came to us uh, through, through another organization and said, Hey, I have, I want to, to bring this story to my state legislators, to the county commissioners. She uh, read this book, The Doctrine of Lesser Magistrates, that talks about how at a county level, you can bring about change when you're not able to bring about that change at a higher level. Um, this month, we will send uh, packets to all of the 50 state AGs. We've already sent them to three, and we really haven't heard anything back. Uh, so uh, by the end of the month, they'll all have packets in hand. But she spearheaded bringing this to her 
to her counties in Idaho. And we've spoken at three or four meetings now, and she was able to get a resolution. Um, we had Dr. McCullough speak, Dr. Um, uh, Cole, Dr. Cole, sorry, Dr. Parks, um, uh, Renny, Dr. Moon, mm -hmm. and just spoke to these commissioners, these county commissioners, you know, myself about what's going on with these shots and the harm that they're causing and also the contamination. And we also talked about the fact that these are going into our food supply, our livestock. Um, a lot of people have been talking about the food. They slipped it into our pork in 2018. Mm -hmm. um, didn't tell anybody that, mm -hmm. that was wrong. We can definitely take up exosomes across our gut lining and to inject these animals with mRNA therapy and not tell us uh, when it can be potentially taken up by us is it's just not okay. Mm -hmm. um, but we had some success. They did adopt the, the resolution. The, the Republican Party in Idaho adopted the resolution and they're going to bring it to the state level. Uh, so that gives it more of a chance of being banned at the state level uh, in, in people and humans. So we're asking for the complete platform to be to be removed. And they have, what's interesting is they have laws in Idaho against bioterrorism. And these shots fall under their very explicit and specific definition of bioterrorism because someone had the forethought to add gene therapy vaccines and mRNA uh, technology to their, to their bioweapons um, ban in Idaho many wow. years ago. Wow, that's, that's amazing. So I want to understand the process because you mentioned commissioners, like county commissioners. Yes. And, and then, but then you also talked about a party platform, which would have been like the Republican Party platform. Um, and those are two different entities. So right. I, it, it helped me understand um, what was done with both. So um, lobbyists and people from the different parties go to the commissioner's meetings in order to forward their agendas at the county level. Mm -hmm. They'll bring resolutions at the county level that they want to be adopted at the state level. And if the party adopts it, um, adopts the resolution at the county level, they'll push it further up the line to be adopted to, to be lobbied for, to be adopted at the state level. So did, did this uh, little county in Idaho, did the county itself, the commissioners adopt a resolution banning um, the shots or was it just the party, the Re Republican party in Idaho? That was the distinction. The party adopted the resolution and there was some confusion about that at first. Okay. Because we had uh, thought that the county itself had adopted this much like many counties in Florida. I think there's five or six counties in Florida now that have, they have a different uh, health structure in Florida than they do in Idaho. Okay. So in Florida, the counties themselves can ban these shots at the county level. And you said there's five counties in Florida that have banned the shots at the county level? There's at least five. There might be six now that have ban them at the county level, but Does in that, Idaho, they have health districts okay. in the health districts 
have to get involved and or it can come down from the state level. And then these bans say in, in Florida, does that impact only the state promoting and distributing shots or can private industry, are they impacted too? Do, do, can the Walgreens down there still give out the shot or in that county or did they have to stop selling them as well? You know, my knowledge of, of the legal ins and outs is really limited when it comes to that. Okay. Um, so I, I think I would not be the best person to, to answer that. What we ultimately uh, would like to force at the, at the person level, right, at the, at the county level, the state level, is for the AG to do their job. And yeah. pull these yeah. off. We would not have to go to the county level if the state attorney generals would do their job to keep contaminated medical products out of the commerce stream. Yes. Which is the on their website. Yeah. <laughs> right. The problem is, is that just like the FDA and the CDC, many of these um, attorney generals uh, mm -hmm. have been apparently told to look the other way. So how then do you inform people to protect themselves? Mm -hmm. How do you get the people to demand that these are pulled and that they're no longer used in their children? And it needs to be something that, that people have a vested interest in. And, and, and one of those things is shedding. These shed. Yeah. These shed on other people harmful materials that can injure your health. It is not right for something to be injected into somebody else that is then shed on you, which can also transfect you because of this DNA, these DNA plasmids. They just showed in Seattle uh, last month, uh, there was a communication that came out about lab workers in Seattle being infected with COVID plasmids they were working with. And then they took them home to their family and they infected their families with the plasmids that they were carrying in their nose. And wow. So th this works by the fact that as human beings on this planet, we are sort of designed to swap bacteria amongst ourselves. That's yep. how we still health, mostly right. stay healthy because yep. we're supposed to have a rich complex um, biome of all this. But of course, if you, if, if something is a dangerous um, microbe, um, we're sharing that as well. That exactly. And, and that's not that's not right. And people should be it's I mean, it's not the vaccinated's fault that they're spreading this or that they're shedding because they were lied to. Um, I'm not saying, you know, we should shun the vaccinated, uh, but you do have to be careful. And it, and it needs to be known that these can be shed and people have to stop getting these gene therapies. These are contaminated gene therapies yeah. and any, anything which makes your body produce a foreign protein that it would not produce and display it on your cells and then ask your immune system to attack it is obviously a very bad idea. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It, common sense says that you're creating an autoimmune reaction. If you make your and, that, and lethal autoimmune reactions are what stopped the technology in the past. Three things. Immune, enhance, immune enhancement, ADE, antibody-dependent enhancement, lethal autoimmune attacks, mm -hmm. and cancers. And we're seeing all of that. Yep. from ever going forward in the past. And 
all the brakes were pulled off of that. It's like these things never existed. These problems never existed. Um, Yeah. And so we really need the average person, the average Joe and Jane to understand that you're smart enough to read the science and follow the information, use your common sense, your critical thinking skills. So I'm a former grocery checker. I always like to tell people, former grocery checker, mm-hmm. I heard, hey, they're gonna be doing these sort of vaccines. You go spend five minutes on PubMed and you look up the technology as it existed in 2019. Everything you just named, oh, well, this is potentially going to be exciting, but we can't overcome the adverse reactions from the lipid nanoparticle. We don't know what to do about this. We haven't figured out that. That was the state of science, right? And I'm like, holy cow, they know these things are going to harm. And so, you know, this deferring to experts, and of course, it's getting much even more complicated as they know that more and more people know how to look up science. And the science is becoming more and more corrupted as they're trying to cover their trail. The whole thing is going to implode, right? And and they also know we never leave, lose anybody. Nobody ever goes from saying, oh, I don't trust the CDC. I, I think those shots are dangerous to saying, oh, I was wrong. I love the CDC. <laughs> they're just out for my best interest. Just, you know, give me one on each arm and, and one on each leg while you're at it. I, I'm, you know, I mean, nobody goes the other way. Our side only grows and we're growing exponentially. So it really is a day to celebrate. So if somebody in their state or county want more information and they want to help take the lead on whatever action's going on with We the People uh, 50, um, where what should they do? Who should they contact? I would say if your viewers know anybody in a leadership position in your state, a county commissioner, a politician, the AG, the assistant AG, get in, get in touch with us, get our website, get in touch with us, and we will help you, help them present in front of their um, county commissioner's meetings. We will bring the scientists we will bring and the doctors. To you. Mm-hmm. We'll bring the attorneys and the scientists and the doctors that know what's going on and help you get this started in your community. All yeah. we need is the contacts within the state. So, okay. if you, if you And it's a win-win either way, um, whether they, uh, informing people to not take the shots is as effective as banning them if we can get the word out to enough people. And I hope cool. that makes sense. It does. I, um, Bob, Bob and I know a couple of at this yeah. at all. We don't, we're not politically tied into yeah. people at all. We yes. just have a want and a need to get the word out to protect people so that they don't uh, so that they don't die, so that they don't give this to their loved ones, so they don't give yeah. this to their children, yeah. so that they're informed about the dangers. It, um, I think the word contamination is what they stress because that's not partisan. You know, that. Nobody, yeah. even if you're pro-vaccine, you're not pro-contaminated vaccine. Yeah, this isn't a Republican or a Democrat or liberal or libertarian, uh, you know, issue. It's a agenda either issue at all. It's just right. contamination. It doesn't. If you if if you're a Democrat and and you would like us to bring this to to your committee head, we would be more than happy to. Um, if you're a Republican, if you're a libertarian, that doesn't matter. Contamination is contamination. Danger is danger, and we mm-hmm. just want to get the word out. 
It's crazy because the shots were dangerous enough. Even if they had been made as they claimed they had made them, they were too dangerous to be on the market. And then you add this contamination and it's just insane. And we know but, they're not a vaccine. They don't stop transmission. They don't no. stop you from getting sick. Exactly. They change the name of, you know, the definition of vaccine. Right. Um, and right. they act like natural immunity yeah. doesn't exist. Yeah. Well, you know, we the people in this great um, United States of America figuring out how to be Americans finding out the tools that we need, uh, learning to trust ourselves and to take action and take back our country and use the system in the way it's meant to be used. You know, um, so this is really exciting. And um, so Bob, I can think of a couple of counties uh, in Washington as well as Tennessee, where I think we might be able to get some um, commissioners interested in hearing some expert uh, testimony. I think you will agree there, even in, in behind enemy lines, as it were, in, in Washington. And so don't give up if you're in Washington, Oregon, California, New York, or wherever else you might be where, um, I mean, they're pushing them everywhere, even the great free state of Tennessee. Our, our public health department is just an arm, marketing arm of pharma, marketing arm of the CDC, which itself is a marketing arm of pharma, all, you know. So no matter where you are, there, there's nowhere to run, really. You know, we all have to, Bloom where we're planted, stand our ground and make it happen. And you guys putting together, it's like you're putting together this resource pack, resource packet that comes with our heroes, expert testimony. Um, it's such a brilliant idea of, um, you know. I want to say one thing as speaking for the victims. If someone tells you that they're vaccine injured, believe them. Yes. It's the hardest part about, about, how these people, I mean, they're suffering so badly just with their physical, you know, new diseases and issues, but it's so much harder when people look at them like they're crazy or they're not believed. And when mm -hmm. someone says, I didn't have this before the jab, I got it. Now I have this, believe them. They have no other reason to, you know, to, to say that. And we've got, I can't even tell you 4,400 in a one, and we're one organization. There's mm -hmm. lots of our organizations out there. Mm -hmm. I can't even begin to estimate how many people are, are vaccine injured from this. I mean, everybody I know is vaccine injured. My, my, my mom, my dad, my sister, everybody. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. I mean, they. Yeah, we know so, so many. Yeah. Um, wow. It's just, it's heartbreaking. But what this also teaches us about, I think everybody's learning how corrupt the CDC and the FDA truly are. I mean, the mm -hmm. FDA advertising for Pfizer, when did, when was a drug regulatory agency allowed to, to, you know, advertise for the, for the drug manufacturer? Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, we've had conflicts of interest for years. You know, the CDC ACIP committee have stock in the very vaccines that, that, that they mandate, that they, um, that they uh, get kickbacks from pharma, that that's all been documented by several people. That should have never existed, of course. Mm -hmm. um, how can you have people that are making decisions on medicines that are rewarded uh, if people actually have to take those those medicines both financially yes. and, and through other ways, as well as the revolving door between these regulatory agencies and the pharma companies mm -hmm. themselves. These agencies need to be completely dismantled. And I mean yeah. completely dismantled yeah. and we need to start over. Nobody right. that's working there now, if you haven't been a whistleblower against this and you had your fingers in any part of this, if you haven't been a whistleblower, 
You should be in jail. You should be in jail and you should never be able to work for another safety and regulatory agency. Again, shame on you. We need to start over. We need to start over with independent scientists that don't have conflicts Mm -hmm. that really are looking out for their fellow man and do things the right way and get the money out of it. Once, once we break that chain and completely redo it from the bottom up, once we break the way things have been done, those lobbyists won't know where to go to yeah. who to talk to. All those relationships will be broken. We need to start over. Yeah. And we need to definitely really be, I'm less angry at Pfizer than I am at the CDC at the company that's, you know, the agency supposed to protect me and, and the, the health department. So in, um, in, HHS, yeah, yeah. HHS to, in Washington state, yeah, in Washington State, Informed Choice Washington, which is a 501c3 and c4, um, we run bills there. And Bob did an awesome job um, getting sponsorship, a bipartisan sponsorship, if you could believe it, on a bill. It's still stuck in committee, but maybe it'll come back next year. That, um, in a nutshell, would make it so that public health departments cannot say anything about a, a, a medical product that the product manufacturer cannot say. So Pfizer can't say it's safe and effective or that it does this or that. Neither should the Department of Health be able to say it. And it's a it's a bill that I hear with my wonderful uh, people that I work with in Tennessee that we're going to be running here as well. And um, we're encouraging individuals. This is me. No nonprofit hat, you know, just yeah. just work. Liability here. also has to be brought back to these liability. People. Huge. It has to be the, the nineteen eighty six. Um, liability, no liability for pharma needs to be uh, right. And the prep act and and all of that nonsense. Amen to that. So I I think that we're probably, let me look at the time we're getting down to just maybe three minutes or so here. So I want to give you guys time for closing remarks and inspire people to, to get her done where they are. So uh, Cece. I would just say, please get a hold of anybody in your state that will listen to us contact us, get us in there. We will bring the science and the experts and the attorneys that can write up the legal resolutions and we'll get this shot, try to get the shot recalled out of your state and protect your citizens and your community. Don't take another shot made by a pharmaceutical company. I learned that from Dr. Judy Mekovich. had lunch with her one day. She said, don't take another shot ever. They're all, they're all contaminated, but especially these. And you have God-given natural immunity. You know, I had COVID one time in 2020 for three hours. I've never been back. I, I did. I took ivermectin immediately and I was in three hours. I was like, this is what everyone's worried about. Yeah. And, you know, just take care of your health and, and get enough sleep and just do the right things with with your body and your nature and the holistic approaches. And don't put any more of these pharmaceuticals in your in your system. No, except for ivermectin, which is one except of the for ivermectin. Yeah, it's a byproduct of a fermented bacteria. You betcha. Yeah. So, um, Jancy. Uh, I would echo um, what Cece's saying and then also say um, nobody else is going to do this for you. Uh, people think that some some knight's going to ride in on a white horse and save the day and be the one that stops this. You will be the one that stops this. If I, if I can say anything over and over and over again, it's that you must be the change. You yeah. must be the person who stands up and says, you're not going to inject this into my child. You're not going to inject this into me. Don't comply. You have to be the change. So find your strength. God gave it to you. We all have it. 
be strong. Um, you can do this and, and know that you have so many people behind you and, and feel your strength, feel your strength to know that this can be done. If we try hard enough, mm-hmm. we can do, we can do anything we put our minds to. So get up, get up. Nobody else is going to do it for you. Yeah. Get involved. You got to pick a side. The stakes are too high. Exactly. Your kids. Oh, I love those final words. And again, uh, to get information and get in contact with you. Right now, um, you guys are great. Whenever you need to give us an update. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you for having us on. Oh, you betcha. Yeah. So uh, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the launch of the Washington chapter of Children's Health Defense. So you're That's listening. great. Yeah. To an informed life radio on Love 50 and KKNW and CHD TV. We'll be back in a few minutes. All right. If you're looking for a publication that delivers honest takes and critical insights into the issues of our day, then look no further than the Flame Paper. The Flame Paper is written for the people, by the people, who aren't afraid to challenge a mainstream narrative, be it health care, voter fraud, political correctness, or even the one world government. The Flame is full of timely articles, reports, and expert advice written by freedom-loving, truth-telling experts, journalists, and concerned citizens. To subscribe, go to theflameusa.com. During this unprecedented response to an infection outbreak, it has been made very clear that shutting down lives and businesses is not sustainable or repeatable. We've also learned that it's unnecessary. Treatments exist and always exist. For 99% of the population, nutrients and oxidative therapies that support the immune system and improve symptoms are always available to address viral infections. For the less than 1% who need more, Inexpensive, unpatentable drugs can be added to the nutrient therapies to improve outcomes. It's time each and every one of us empower ourselves with this knowledge. We need not ever bring our lives to a halt again. We can both save lives and retain the liberty that nourishes us body and soul. Learn more at HealthyImmunityNow.org. That's HealthyImmunityNow.org. Informed Choice Washington is a nonprofit organization that advocates for healthy immunity, medical freedom, and fully informed medical consent. The right to make medical choices without coercion is fundamental to our civil liberties and a basic principle in all human rights declarations. To learn more, tune in each Friday from 3 to 5 p.m. to an Informed Life Radio and visit the website informedchoicewa.org. It's time to take a stand for medical freedom. Go to informedchoicewa.org today we need a revolution there's only one solution i need somebody to show me somebody to show me the love we need a revolution hello and welcome back to an Inform Live Radio on 1150 AM KKNW and streaming live to CHD TV. So excited for this second hour. I've got my peeps with me today, my Washington peeps. Let's bring Bob Reynolds back on. There's Bob. Hey, Bob. Yay. Let's, Hello. Bring, on, yay. Let's bring on Lisa Templeton. Yay. Hi, Lisa. Hi. And Ron and Sue Kaufman, come on. There we go. We've got the Hollywood script going on here, people. 
So I'm so excited. I'm going to let listeners know that, you know, I mean, I'm going to ask each of you to give a little bit of backstory here. But, you know, these peeps of mine here, we've been working together for a long time in the state, great state of Washington. You know, Washington, we trash it a lot. You know, it is behind enemy lines. But most of the state is amazing. The people are amazing. Yeah, we did flee to the free state of Tennessee. But I needed to make sure everybody could get the back. You know what I mean? But, you know, we haven't given up. And today, you know what? I'm going to let Bob make the, the big news announcement because he's taken the biggest lead and the biggest chunk of the work. Um, Bob Reynolds, make the big announcement. What's going on in Washington State? Today. Today. Uh, Children's Health Defense has launched a state chapter in Washington. Thank you all for your good work, too. But uh, they this is a, a very reputable, bulletproof brand of health freedom and accurate statistics and accurate writing. They, they rarely have ever made a mistake in terms of their reporting. So it is really quite the honor to be able to work under this banner and their national mission down into Washington and, and looking forward to you know, increasing the reach uh, as, as we work forward. So we've got a website, we've got social media channels, we've got citizen reporters. We are uh, ready to get rolling here. Yeah, ready to get rolling. But we do need uh, even more volunteers because we want boots on the ground spreading the word. And we're going to be talking about that. We're going to talk about a lot of collaboration and coordination between some great groups here. I guess I should be pulling up here, uh, guys. I'll, I'll share our uh, website. It's so cool. So uh, the website address, Bob, what is, uh, tell everybody what the website is. So it's, it's a bit long, but it is wa.childrenshealthdefense.org. Yeah. So if you're already familiar, yep. so if you're already familiar with Children's Health Defense, you just dot uh, org. You just put a WA in front of that WA dot, and it will bring you there. And look at our beautiful website. It's so exciting. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm going to kind of I'm going to start with you, Bob. Um, and I'm getting a little back feed. I just I think maybe Ron and Sue, if you could go on mute a bit when you're not talking, just we're getting a little bit of a back feed. Thank you. Um, Bob, can I start with you and kind of ask how you how you ended up with not only wearing an informed choice Washington hat, but a children's health defense hat? Where did your journey begin that led you to being such a big advocate for medical freedom? Well, uh Stopping work in 2018 certainly helped uh, open my eyes. I had time to finally look up from work and see what was going on around me. And one thing I woke up to in early 2019 was the state basically trying to kick my daughter out of school. Mm. A healthy child. We've chosen a natural health lifestyle for her entire life with a conscious decision to eat well, exercise, stay off the... Uh, grody pasta, you know, the highly processed foods mm -hmm. and sorry, no vaccines. No vaccine has been ever shown to be safe enough for my one precious daughter. Wow. So we woke up then to uh, the state trying to pass laws mm -hmm. that we're going to kick her out of school or make it more difficult. Certainly the threat was there to make it more and more difficult. And we've seen that over my life too, the clawing away of 
rights to be in public places like schools. Yes. If you don't take certain medical interventions and these artificial project products, these crazy things, I just can't imagine it in injecting 69 doses and 52 shots into your yeah. body. So we, we chose not to do that. Then I, I saw uh, RFK Jr. was my first big rally. RFK mm. Jr. spoke in Olympia. Yeah. He was on the steps there, the north steps of our beautiful capital. Mm -hmm. Very, I was in tears. I really was in tears looking around mm -hmm. at almost a thousand people listening to him speak and Tony Bark. Yeah. And it was Informed Choice Washington that sponsored that event, that organized yeah. the whole darn thing. So thank you. And I just saw that, you know, that obviously after I'd stopped mm -hmm. working, wow, I can work on something that I really care about. <laughs> rather cool. than kind of yeah. working for the man and yeah. that career. So I, I was definitely headed to kind of a, an end of the road with my career, patience wise. And, and then it's like a perfect fit for my activism being kind of my job. Yeah. I think that's awesome. And then you're from a family of chiropractors. Is that right? So you, you've got yeah, roots I, I, in natural healing. Yeah. And I can't, I don't, I think a lot of people in my family with chiropractic in their lives haven't quite taken on the, the natural health mantle as much as mm -hmm. I did, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, but I, that's one thing, you know, my father himself was uh, a bit troubled, I would say, but mm -hmm. he was third generation chiropractor and mm -hmm. I, all in Northern Colorado. First, my grandmother, if I got this story right, my grandmother is the first chiropractor in Colorado back in the like 1910s and 20s when the chiropractor oh, very cool. started. So my great grandfather chiropractor, my grandfather chiropractor, father chiropractor. And, and so my father saw that when that's when the first mandate started going in for vaccines in schools. Ah. Vaccine mandates in the early mm -hmm. late 70s, early 80s. Mm -hmm. He was getting all up in arms. He was writing letters to the state legislature back then. And I only realized that much later that that's what he was doing. He was advocating wow. at the state legislature in Colorado to take these down because he, he saw flaws. That's amazing to find out that that your grandfather was involved in this. Yeah, actually, you now that we're mentioning this, I can point to over my over this shoulder. Yeah. That the that certificate you see is not my diploma. Yeah. My finger right. <laughs> that, that certificate is my grandfather signing the license for my father. My grandfather was the <laughs> state chiropractic commissioner, president, mm. and he signed the license for my dad. Wow. Yeah, passed his tests and graduated. So I that's that's where I came from. And I didn't take that path. I took a engineering path and a consulting and risk. Yeah, path. yeah, that's pretty exciting. Now, next week, um, the second half of the show for about a half hour, we're going to have a chiropractor from Washington State on talking about some a new chiropractic school, some new courses. Um, I'm very excited about that. So um, more to come. I don't want to mangle. I haven't looked deeply into what is going to be presented. So, but I'm very excited about that because, you know, when I, a few years ago, I didn't know anything about chiropractic care. I thought it's, you went there if you had a backache. That's, that's what I thought it was. It was just back care. I had no idea how holistic chiropractic care is and how you can really have your primary care doctor be your chiropractor. There's some brilliant ones. In fact, uh, Yale Cantor, one of Informed Choice Washington board members is a wonderful chiropractor. I just, I, I love her. And the only care I've ever had from a chiropractor was with Yale. And then we moved, left the state and 
little bit too far to commute to <laughs> get treatments from Yale, but she's very gifted. And, you know, I think um, a lot of healers, it is, it's a gift. It's an art and a gift. And she's a true healer. Um, yeah, it'll be good. We have, uh, I'd say, quite a few similarities with the the natural health approach. The way that Informed Choice Washington went around, the went into the natural health realm, basically mm -hmm. harm and bolster your immune system with known yeah. things. Or yeah. let's get some more studies on those potential products. I mean, where did the yeah. vitamin C Linus Pauling Institute go? Yeah. All the good things that vitamin C can do for you. And vitamin D and the whole bit. And wow. I love the collaboration with Informed Choice Washington um, and now Washington Chapter of Children's Health Defense because we bring years of experience of understanding what's going on in the state, one understanding about the, um, you know, the collusion and, and, grift everything that's going on with the fda cdc it's that time of day i'm losing uh words here so i'll make you feel better lisa i'm going to bring lisa on here i'm going to throw her in here in the mix and lisa is our wonderful behind the scenes uh person for a lot of stuff although she has been given some knockout speeches lately um in olympia and and other locations you know without lisa she's our day-to-day -day running you know you always have to have that person who's willing to do all what i call the fiddly bits the parts that I find, I, I just, they won't get done if you have to leave them for Bernadette to do. And bless her heart, Lisa gets them done. Lisa, welcome to an Informed Life Radio. I'm so glad you're here with us. Oh, thanks for having me, Bernadette. And I'm happy to be with some of my favorite people right here. Yeah, it's almost like our Monday night meeting. Then we get together over Zoom and, and, and plan what we're going to be doing. So, Lisa, can you um, talk to us a little bit what brought you into the medical freedom movement? It had to do with your son, wasn't it? Some medication your son was giving, if I recall. Um, yes, let me back up a little further than that. Um, I grew up in Washington in a family of conventional medical model followers. My mom's an RN. My grandpa was a physician. And I didn't learn to weigh the risks and benefits of procedures and drugs until about 10 years ago. Um, uh, my son had a pharmaceutical injury. And that is when I finally began to do my medical due diligence which included vaccine products and environmental exposures. And I've also been on a beautiful journey learning how our body's marvelous innate ability to heal protects and keeps us well mm -hmm. and how we have agency to make the choices that facilitate that. So kind of like Bob, the first time I set foot on my state capitol at having lived here about half a century was in 2019 when the legislature threatened and ultimately did remove our right to the philosophical exemption to the MMR, measles, mumps, and rubella shots. Um, I got active and that's when I found Informed Choice Washington and that's um, expanding now to Children's Health Defense Washington chapter. So I'm yeah. glad to be a part. We're so glad that you're here, Lisa. We just really couldn't do it without you. And we can't do it without, if you're listening to me, you, I'm pointing to anybody watching this in the state of Washington or listening in the state of Washington. We need more people willing to roll up their sleeves and help us get boots on the ground. Because, you know, even as, you know, 
CHD Washington's got some plans and the National has some plans for our chapter, which we can't really discuss quite yet, but big plans for what are going to go on. But even as this top down level stuff happens, the real change comes at the grassroots level from one person at a time. And so we need an army of people who are with us simply speaking to their neighbors, going to farmer's markets, setting up a booth, doing screenings in their hometown of some of the wonderful documentary films. So, you know, the five of us here um, on the show today, we can't cover all of Washington. We need you. We need everybody standing up and doing the little part right where they live. And once we begin educating everybody at that grassroots level, it, the ripple up effect. I mean, and you know, the much of what we're facing, it's like what you said, Lisa, you didn't understand because you were, we were sort of trained not to do our medical due diligence, trust the person in the white coat, trust the expert, all of that. We're all guilty of that at some point. And that's sometimes it was, it was uh, decisions made without medical due diligence is why, um, uh, it's certainly why I'm here, you know, um, along the way, not really paying close enough attention and not really understanding. So, um, so we need everybody here to help us out, but, you know, we're going to do what we can to bring our experience, um, and, and materials and guidance to this army of people out there that we're speaking to today. You got to join us. And if you go to the website, dot childrenshealthdefense.org, look for the volunteer tab. You can sign up. There's no job too little that you can't um, you can't help us out with. So now let's move on to Ron and Sue. They're just joined at the hip there. How many years have you two been together, Ron and Sue Kaufman? <laughs> Take it away. Uh, over over 35, seven oh, years. Uh, 40 years this year. 40 years. I have to do it. <laughs> I knew we shouldn't have left it to Ron to answer that, Sue. <laughs> You put him on the spot. Great, great question to leave <laughs> yes, with I there, Bernadette. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> well, we've been together long enough to to agree on many things, and this this is this is one thing we agree that uh, you know, children's health defense, Washington chapter, is the best thing that could have happened right now uh, mm -hmm. for the for the times. Uh, we're just so pleased that we're here at all. I mean. This, <laughs> We're, we're not Washington natives. We came from California in uh, 2016. <laughs> and it, it's, it's just been a blessing being here. Uh, it's a wonderful place. And we ran into you guys uh, uh, on, uh, on the steps of uh, Olympia uh, one rainy afternoon where uh, we got to meet Del Bigtree and uh, our, our cousin, uh, is the reason that we were there in the first place and uh, uh, her her daughter was vaccine injured when she was very little so we had uh, heard the story and we had sympathized with them uh, back in california we saw the vax movie and that that sort of changed our lives right there that was uh, you mean they did what is, is kind of the, the thing in the movie i was like well okay that you know you can't just go along with with stuff like that when there are injured people. You've got to you've got to come to their rescue. You've got to stand up for them, and yeah. and uh, this is our opportunity to do that here. There's a lot of work to do. Yeah. yeah, and we come from being childbirth educators already, so we had been kind of familiarized with the lack of the medical system in general. You know, specifically Failure. for. Yeah, the failure for women in childbirth. 
And that just kind of was it's very easy for us to jump into this whole uh, medical expose, mm-hmm. if you will, because because of that start. So we're happy to be here and keep on keep on keeping on. Yeah, I love that. And, and that makes me realize that's an untapped resource, Ron and Sue. We haven't utilized your experience in, in the birthing. I don't even know the language for it. I apologize for that. But you know, birthing that realm, birthing realm um, you know, we, we aim with Informed Choice Washington, as well as this new chapter of Children's Health Defense, um, not only to tell you what not well, we don't want to tell you what not to do, to educate you to make informed decisions, say it that way, you know. Um, yeah, you guys, you know, we're, we're, you become such a fierce defender of freedom when you see what's going on that by gum, you, you even want people to be free to be, make stupid mistakes, but you want to make sure they've got enough information that if they're going to make a right. stupid mistake, it wasn't from lack of information, right? Right. Exactly. Um, exactly. But, you know, we want to help people feel empowered and confident in their decisions in, in how they deliver their children and how they keep their their children healthy um, through childhood illnesses or whatever pandemic, you know, um, you can say anything on my show except for cuss words. It's AM radio. Okay. So there, you know, ivermectin, remdesivir is bad. <laughs> Ban the shot. Season it lovely. Yeah. We're still on yeah. Freedom. Freedom. Freedom of speech. Yes. Don't vaccinate your children. Thank you very much. Yeah. I'm here all week. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, if you're not anti-vaccine at this point, right? And if anti-vaccine means that you are opposed to one or more vaccines, that you're opposed to vaccine mandates, that you believe the whole system is corrupt, well, by gum, claim it. You know, um, it's it, it's really time to um, to shift the whole thing. So I'm so excited that that we are here. I, I think I'll go ahead and share again our uh, website and let's let's give people a little bit of view here of the Washington chapter website. So, of course, we've got the home page and let me see if this is going to follow. You guys let me know if I go over to Washington News. You let me know. Did it follow? Yes. Oh, wonderful. Okay. So um, we're going to try to keep you up to date as best we can on, on some of the most important issues that are um, CHD mission themes. So we're talking about informed consent, medical freedom, 5G, pesticides, vaccines, all of that stuff. We're going to try to find stories that are local to you to keep you informed. We want you to send us stories too. So I'll talk more about that later. So right now on launch day, we've got an important little article here, a post about the Supreme Court ruling builds case for spurned peace health workers. That's a cool one. Um, And then have you experienced medical bullying? Tell us your story. So if you click on these, you go to the the full post, of course. Um, I want to talk a little bit uh, about this one in particular, guys. I'm going to go back to here where I can see it because, you know, when whenever you have organizations like Informed Choice Washington or Children's Health Defense, where there's just there's just so much you're overwhelmed with causes. You know, there's so many things you can cover and then trying to distill things down to a main message to help keep you focused is very important. And as we all discussed, you know, what are we doing? What's the most important thing that we're seeing, especially in Washington state? Well, across the board, it's medical bullying. So the doctors and nurses in Washington state are being bullied to um, uh, not 
follow their own best experienced um, ideas um, and and to go along with protocols that they know are wrong. And they're losing their jobs if they don't do so. And then patients are being bullied, intentional bullying, uh, with scripts that are written by the CDC and, and the AAP and immunize.org, scripts to teach methods of coercing people to do things that the person does not want to do. Um, so we're going to try to really focus with the Washington chapter of Children's Health Defense on medical bullying in all of its manifestations. Um, and we would love your stories. So if you have experienced it, either as a practitioner or as a patient, um, let us know if it's a story you want to share. We want to start gathering stories and then try to figure out in, community, in communities across the state how we can take action to empower people so they won't be bullied. One thing I've been wanting to establish, you guys, for a long time, we've talked about this, Lisa, I think you'll be familiar with my buddy system. You know, we tried to implement that and we did it. We did it for a little while pre-COVID before they shut the Capitol down. Right. Um, if you wanted if you were nervous about talking to your legislator, we could find you a buddy, somebody who's experienced going to the Capitol. Well, you know, maybe we could have buddy systems that are similar. If you're intimidated going to your practitioner because they're going to try to coerce you into getting a vaccine, bring a buddy along so that you feel strong um, and can stand your ground. If you're nervous standing up to the white coat, a lot of people have never stood up to the white coat before. Um, but, you know, needs must. So, um, so anyway, so that's one of the articles that you'll find there. Let me go back to, um, so we've got the Washington News. How are we doing on time? I want to keep doing, okay. So, okay. Um, and then we're going to have bill alerts here. Now, informed, or the, what, Children's Health Defense is a 501c3, so we really cannot lobby, but we can educate you. We can tell you about bills and we can give you information so that you can make leg uh, uh, educated decisions about what bills you are for or against, and then you can go to your legislators, right? So we will attempt uh, when the next legislation comes, uh, we'll be posting about bills that we feel are within the CHD mission that touch on it in some way so that you can know that you need to go explore that. And we'll try to give you some information for that. Um, we've got an events page and I, oh, hey, we've got events on there, guys. Look at that. So uh, Lisa, tell us what's on there. I see Coventing Days. I know that's in your neck of the woods. Yes, next Saturday, July 15th, there is a parade that will kick off two days of Covington Days festivities in South King County, kind of near Kent and Auburn. And Informed Choice Washington and Children's Health Defense Washington chapter will be having a banner and people marching in the parade. There's even a rumor that we might have a Lamborghini or something along those lines Ooh. with our group going through the parade. Um, <laughs> we'll be handing informational postcards out to parents with both of our logos and that highlight the incidence of childhood chronic disease these days, as well as several potential causal environmental exposures, one of which is vaccines, but it lists probably eight different possible exposures. And then we'll have some organic candy for the kids. So oh, we'd love yay. for people to join us at Real Life Church at 9 a.m. And you can contact us through the website to get all the details. 
It's going to be fun. So that's next Saturday, July 15th. I got to remember to give it a plug again next Friday. Got to remind me, Lisa. Um, yeah. So, and if, if anybody has ever, if you've never yet marched in a parade, especially for a cause you believe in, I tell you, there's nothing like it. I watched, marched in several in Washington state and it was always a positive experience. It was fantastic. Marched a few times with you, Lisa. And out here, um, the 4th of July, we marched for the second year in a row at our Rogersville parade. It was pretty amazing. And the response you get, and we handed out about 750, uh, Children's Health Defense Tennessee Chapter Business Card. So amazing. Handed out a lot of information. And yeah. let me mention that it's a great um, gateway entry into this movement, if you like, because if you shy away from one on one conversations like I did and sometimes still do, <laughs> you're just handing a postcard to somebody and wishing them happy Co Covington days. You don't even have time for discussion because you just have to keep on moving to keep with the group. And yeah. I have found that almost everybody happily receives and accepts the information and you just, you'll never know how many seeds you've planted that day. I always figure if, if one, if one parent if the seed is planted with one parent or grandparent and it makes a difference in the health of their lives and their family's lives, job done, you know, one out of a thousand, one out of 2000, it's, it's worth it. Um, and that's what we do is we plant seeds and people are ready to hear what we have to say. It's very exciting. Um, and you're right. There is no time for conversation. And on, on the backside of our cards that we had out here, it's about where to get ivermectin in Tennessee over the counter without a prescription because of a great bill that we got to get passed in Washington. Um, but that's informed choice Washington talking. Okay. We wear a lot of hats and you got to flip <laughs> your hats, but this is just conversation here. So I'm, I'm not going to worry too much about, you know, getting in political trouble here with what hat we're wearing. But um, what was I going to say? Oh, so people would look at it and say ivermectin. So then I would stop and explain to them because I'm, <laughs> I'm surprised how many people don't even know the law exists. And then by the time I got done, I looked down the road and Brian, my <laughs> husband's truck is like, wait, so here I am running to catch up. So yeah, you don't have time for long conversation, even if you want to do it. <laughs> but it's so much fun. And we had, you know, about 10 people and a couple of people it's the first time they ever marched in a parade. And, and it was great. And so if, and if you know of parades in your um, neck of the woods, you know, and you'd like to participate, it's fantastic uh, way for you to get involved and, and to share the word at the grassroots um, movement. So yeah, so let's go ahead and see that. So that's our events page. And that will be kept uh, keep you notified of where we're going to be uh, having tables, marching and parades, doing events. There's a sign up page and Thank sign up. Sorry, yes. let me stop you there for a moment. I think in okay. terms of events, do we want to talk about the events we expect to have and starting Ooh. to talk about planning? Yes, go for it. Yeah. Right. So as uh, Children's Health Defense is our state chapter, we will be focusing, bringing the mission of Children's Health Defense to Washington. And as such, we need to have more community reach out. A lot of our uh, colleagues have shown us the way by having uh, pretty large educational events, very nice professional events inspirational speakers. We will be moving toward that. But right now, I, I still envision us uh, basically having smaller get-togethers across the state and uh, basically small speaking events, but also some recruiting just to get people familiar with Children's Health Defense, being able to actually talk to Children's Health Defense representatives as opposed to, you know, they're based on the East Coast. So here we're bringing, we're bringing the group and the mission 
to the state that I think people will get a little more excited about, especially if we come to them. Mm-hmm. So just a, a, a call out to anybody who's watching the show from the state that we'll be trying to get to your neighborhoods. We'll try to cover the four corners of the state and maybe even the center where Lisa's from. <laughs> that We'll be looking for some volunteers to at least maybe help us plan some small events. That's fantastic. I love that. We've been doing that here in Tennessee since the Tennessee chapter launched, um, going to some tabling events. We need to get to the west side of the state. You know, it's funny how every when you got a big state, ours is long and skinny, and Washington's got that big old mountain range and, and another mountain range over on the coast. And there's just it, different personalities, different dynamics, and and it can be a lot to try to make sure all the various communities um, get the word out. So we do need help. And if you, if you want uh, Bob and maybe some of the others to show up in your neck of the woods, you know, and do a little event, a little uh, coffee, uh, a film screening. I mean, really you can mm-hmm. kind of shape the sort of event that you want to have in where you are. Um, and it, it can be a lot of fun uh, just to get together. It's really about being in person, you know, I, yeah. I had people on a while ago, but August 25th is looming. That's the date that the European Union Digital Service Act um, takes effect for the major tech companies, major platforms like Google and Microsoft and Amazon. A lot of things that people are interconnected with and they don't even know it at times. So we don't know what's going to be happening with our ability to communicate electronically, you know, moving forward, things may get worse before they get better, even though we had that great judges ruling that, you know, the Biden White House has to quit monkeying with um, social media, at least a temporary injunction. So we need boots on the ground, we need to establish in person, these great relationships so that the community level, you know, we're helping each other, we're helping each other not only um, learn what's harming children's health today, but learn what is healthy parenting, what is healthy birthing, Ron and Sue, what is healthy growing of food and all of that. And so that happens down at the community level. And it's very exciting to see a lot of this coming along and growing. Um, Anything else there, Bob? So, so at first small events all over. Right. I think that's a pretty good approach. I think we're getting a lot of reach outs from our sign up and and launching today. And Mm -hmm. there's that uh, great general interest. Not only are hundreds of people signing up to the email list today. We've got uh, almost 600. We are. Oh, you got. Wow. Yeah. So it's moving well. And we're still getting the word out. People are getting to their emails after the 9 a.m. email blast. Cool. And social media blast as well are reminding people to sign up. Then we've got quite a few people donating as well to help us kick this off. We can take this money and at least keep rolling that forward into educational events and yeah. uh, other possible uh, actions uh, yeah. or, or parades. If you need to buy candy for your parade, we could consider that being one of our expenses. Yeah. Promoting and handing out these children's health defense cards. And if you just do a little more. Are you willing to do a little more than just be an email recipient or a donor? Sign up on our volunteer form, which I think you were about to get to, Bernadette. Mm-hmm. Uh, sign up as a volunteer and just tell us what you're willing to do and we'll get you connected and mm-hmm. we'll uh, uh, learn from what we did in Informed Choice Washington is kind of how I look at it. Now we've, we're stepping up to the big time. Now we're needing to be a little <laughs> professional uh, to anybody who's listening, uh, I apologize if I haven't got back to you through our other email communications, but we'll promise to follow up 
and and make sure you're connected and, yeah. and find some smaller tasks or some bigger tasks. Yeah. And I'll, I'll put a shout out there. You never know who's listening, where the good karma is, because the angels are on our side and things are just turning in our direction. So with both organizations, as with any volunteer, we're all volunteers, right? You know, um, we really need help organizing volunteers. One of the one of the most challenging things is just keeping track of what needs done, who's doing what, um, and inspiring people to just do a task in their community and then just keep feeding them tasks or offering them uh, tasks kind of thing. So if you're an organizational person, you love spreadsheets, you love communication, we, you know, those sort of people are really valuable to both organizations as well. We could, um, we could definitely use volunteers in that area. Let's see. I'm going to go back and, and grab our website and, and head on back to, I think what I was about to share is a sign up page. Um, oh, I got to pull it in. Um, the sign up page, I believe will be given. This just gets you on our, our newsletter or our email list so that um you're giving us permission for the Washington chapter to hear from us. If you're already getting the defender and you're already hearing from the national organization, you still have to opt in or, or sign up. This is opting in um, to sign up uh, in order for us as the chapter to communicate with you as well. We won't bombard you, you know, uh, just one or two emails a week, you know, and a, a newsletter, maybe once a month, um, but keep you informed. Uh, of what's going on. So that's, that's called sign up. And then there's the volunteer one. Um, so is that showing there, peeps? The yes, yes. One? Awesome. So those of you who've got just a little something to do or a big something that you can do, just, you know, give us your information, you know, tell us what days of the week, if you want, you know, what that you uh, might be available. If you speak any other language other than English, it'd be really great to get some Spanish speakers in um, in Washington to to volunteer to help interpret materials. Um, you can tell that if you're already a, a member of CHD National, um, they like to know that. And then we've got some main positions that we're sort of looking for. So uh, we'll we'll talk more in depth. I'll read through them and then we'll talk more in depth about them. Citizen reporter, media monitor. We need social media help, fundraising, writing, clerical, legal, marketing, research, uh, treatment. Not so much the re It'd be great though if we did get some doctors and scientists in the state of Washington who want to get do some original work for us. That would be awesome. Uh, website uh, help if you know the WordPress platform. Video production and editing, designer, illustrator, and anything else that you might want to share with us. So. Um, so on that note, Bernadette, yes. just, uh, it, if the there. people listening are, are curious, the team on the call right now, we've all taken those hats and done a little bit of all those jobs. Yes. So we're, yeah. we'd love to have some expertise rather than our clunking around and <laughs> yeah. focusing on new tech. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah. just a point that we're doing it as best we can without any background in this in those fields. Yeah. Thank goodness for plug and play platforms and things like Canva for doing your art and <laughs> things like that. You know, the tenacity of parents. It's pretty cool. Um, and grandparents, I should say, too. Um, so let, let's um, talk a little bit about how we doing on time, folks. Oh, the time's just flying. So the citizen reporter job is um, 
is simply wherever you are, wherever you live in your day-to-day -day life, if you see something that is specific to the mission of Children's Health Defense, which is really looking for um, situations where medical freedom or informed consent are being violated or where environmental toxins are out there undermining children's health and everybody's health. You know, the topics include um, 5G towers, um, especially when they're in the vicinity of, of schools on top of apartment buildings. Um, pesticides, herbicides, plasticizers, of course, um, the whole vaccine issue, um, which is huge. And, but, um, and then there's other drugs though where informed consent is not happening the medical bullying. So if you're just in your community and you see something going on that you think we should know about, just be a citizen reporter. We're not asking people to be brilliant writers, but if you see something, if you could just <clears throat> contact us, use our contact list to begin with uh, and just give us the basics, what you saw, when you saw it, give us a link to you know the company, the whatever, give us the particulars. And then in your own words, write up why you think this is important. Um, and then we'll do what we'll, you know, see if it's something we can post about that we can form about. Do you have any other words, um, anybody there about, oh, Sue, um, you've been helping lead the, let me talk a little bit about Media Monitor and then I'll get to you, Sue, because you've been leading this up. I'm so glad for that. Media Monitor is sort of similar, but a little different in that if you happen to be somebody who spends a lot of your time and, and you like to read the local news um, and uh, local social media platforms and you come across something that you think that CHD Washington needs to know about, you send us that. You're the media monitor. Um, because if somebody says something particular, say if the Seattle Times posts a headline and the content is spectacularly misinformation, well, we might want to write a letter to the editor or get a thousand people to write a letter to the editor to say, you need to correct that information. The idea behind Media Monitor is to no longer allow um, the the propaganda to proliferate in major media and social media without being addressed, without calling them to the mat and saying, no, that's wrong. So, Sue, can you uh, tell us a little bit about what you've been doing to kind of organize some writers? Well, I wanted to give a shout out before I go into that is the uh, weekly meetings that we attend in Jefferson County for the health freedom information uh, network of folks that we see. And they're all really lovely people. And I want to thank them for uh, contributing some of their articles and, and observations that they have and continue to keep doing so folks. I it will help greatly. And um, I'm just kind of right now, just kind of being the, the catch all bin for the sponge. Yes. Uh, <laughs> where all this is coming from. And then I send it over and we talk, you know, basically Lisa and I kind of look through all of these and decide what to do with them at what point. And then Bob, I believe is the next step up. And then I think you Bernadette are the ultimate decision maker on which ones move forward. So um, I just want to encourage everybody to just send it. If you think it has anything to do with the state of Washington in any realm of health freedom, saving our children, um, saving our health, health freedom, basically, I guess, is our easiest catchphrase is health freedom for over for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, send it our way. And do we send that still to contact at informedchoicewa.org? Is, um, is there a new one? Now that we're launched, 
You know, I think at this point we're going to be collaborating on a lot of things um, <laughs> between Informed Choice Washington and Children's Health Defense. So I think either one would work and we can always decide as leaders in both groups which organization it's best suited for. Sometimes it, we might share it on both platforms and sometimes it'll be one or the other. So either um, contact at informedchoicewa.org or just use the contact page at washington.childrenshealthdefense.org. I think that would work as well. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, the sort of things that, you know, when I first started becoming politically active, I kept hearing from advice, especially at the legislature from like LA's, the legislative assistants, they'd say, Bernadette, more people in the community need to write letters to the editor. Because it's amazing how you can still get truth out in a well-written letter to the editor, a professionally written. Um, so those are the sort of things we want to encourage. If, if, if there's something in the news that you feel is wrong that you oppose, write that letter to the editor. And we'd be happy if you draft it, send it to us. We'd be happy to help edit it, you know, and help you shape it into what it needs to be. Uh, we really need to get the word out there and start communicating wherever it's left. And, and I love real print. You know, I love in-person and I love print um, and as local as possible. The more local it is, the less censored it will be. Yeah. I think, Bernadette, we've talked around a bit uh, and we're coming down on time, but I think let's just reiterate the mission that Children's Health Defense sets for us. They've yes. been at this for over 20 years, putting together their 501c3. And mm -hmm. we're, we have that overlap. We do have the overlap with Informed Choice Washington. But I like the way that in Children's Health Defense has laid out their mission, broken it down to inspire ideas in these citizen reporters. So working to expose causes. Well, start with child to, to end childhood and population health epidemics by working to expose causes. So where's the bad stuff coming from? Eliminating harmful exposures. Again, not just vaccines. It could be uh, fluoride in the water. It could be pollution in the rivers. Holding those responsible accountable. Children's Health Defense does have a legal team and seeking justice for those injured. And then establishing safeguards to prevent future harm, which leads into the more the legislation, perhaps, or local policies to to, to protect children's health. So right. I, think that, I like the, the clarity with which that mission, mission rings. And hopefully the listeners can start thinking about that. That's excellent. Thank you so much. And and where CHD, because being a C3 leaves off, um, Informed Choice Washington can take over. And so it makes it have a great collaboration. And I also want to give a shout out. I'm wearing my Stand for Health Freedom shirt here for those on videos. I stand for health freedom. So, you know, there is this amazing network of great individuals and medical freedom groups that are all working in harmony. We all have different strengths and areas that we can work in. Stand for Health Freedom to me sort of bridges the gap. And in Tennessee, I'm the state director and we work with the Tennessee Coalition for Vaccine Choice, which is also like a C4. So there's the ability to run bills, to promote bills. And then Stand for Health Freedom, uh, uh, we work with them. They help push out email blasts and campaigns to, to let people in the state know about legislation that needs their attention. So um, I just want to encourage people, if you're not already signed up with Stand for Health Freedom, Stand for Health Freedom, is it .com or .org? I've got it pulled .com. up. I'm, 
Com. Thank you, Lisa. Lisa is the Washington State Director of Stand for Health Freedom. Um, so this is just one uh, group. It, it's not going to take a lot of your time to belong to it. You go sign up for free. You don't get a whole lot of emails. You'll get important kind of targeted emails. There are some things at the national level that Stand for Health Freedom is, is doing to make you um, alert. But I think if like in every state you're in, I think if you belong to the local medical freedom chapter and you belong to Stand for Health Freedom and then you belong to the state chapter of Children's Health Defense, that trio of organizations collaborating together, we're going to get things done. It's going to be amazing. But again, I can't do it without you. We need everybody doing their part. Um, that's, it's just, it's just, you can't say it enough that um, the five of us, or there, there's more than just the five of us, but. There are more, and, and again, thank you to those who, <laughs> we've, had, we've had people reach out to us already wanting to volunteer. We just haven't got a chance to organize everybody. Yeah, and, so, and there's, there's others. Yeah, we've had doctors and nurses with Informed Choice Washington that are like scientific advisors, and we've got people who, who volunteer for events. We've got some great volunteers. I'm not saying that we do it alone, um, but we need more. You know, this is, the time is now. I want us to roar. I want the boots on the ground so loud that in Olympia, the legislators look at each other and say, is that an earthquake? Do you hear that? <laughs> Won't that be nice? Yeah. So, um, Bob, it looks like you populated. This is fantastic. This is the resource page on um, Children's Health Defense Washington chapter. So you've got us some good um, places for when you want to kind of find Washington State speci um, specific organizations. So you've got Focus on Washington. You've got, of course, ICWA. Oh, and you listed Health Immunity Now. Um, HealthImmunityNow.org. Um, was started in uh was it 2020 bob that we started that oh yeah yeah, yeah. as as censorship really started taking hold yeah we yeah. that was something that we threw together it's sort of my personal website with bob's help and we created this thing and it's just it's still proven to be so important we wanted a website that didn't have any mention of vaccines so that people would have a place to go look at um, treatment information without it getting attacked by the powers that be that were attacking anything that mentioned um, it was critical of vaccines. So Health Immunity Now. Oh, Silent Majority Foundation. That's a fantastic nonprofit uh, law firm. Uh, Lisa, do you have a few words to say on um, Silent Majority Foundation? I know you've spoken with Pete. He's a great guy there quite a bit. Yes, they have. Um, he started this law firm uh, post March 2020, if you get my drift, to protect the liberties that are have been trampled upon by mm -hmm. our mostly our state. And um, SilentMajorityFoundation.org is their website. They are working on a lot of cases in different areas, including health freedom. They also helped uh, Inform Choice Washington prepare comments to the Office of Financial Management when Governor Inslee mandated his small cabinet and executive cabinet agency employees to be, take the full doses of the COVID-19 shots. Mm -hmm. So they're doing a lot of really wonderful work and um, we want to support them every way we can. 
that's wonderful. And then there's the Fluoride Action Network. Um, so I'm excited that the Washington chapter of CHD, we've been talking about that, that we want to really um, bring the um, information about fluoride out. Um, this uh, Safe Water Spokane, uh, who was it, Bob, or was it Lisa mentioning the fact that the residents voted to remove fluoride and the city is attempting to like put it back using emergency powers or some silly thing? Am I mangling that? <laughs> if I understand correctly, the voters have always rejected the addition of it. And now the addition of it is what's up for vote or something within the city, okay. um, apparently under the guise of emergency. And um, I think, Bernadette, in in the near future, you'll be having a representative of, oh, look it, a it's cat. Andy. <laughs> <laughs> um, you'll be having a representative of the local Spokane group come on the show and explain to people what they're working on and how people can get involved to keep the, keep the, informed consent factor in Spokane. If people want to take fluoride, they can certainly go get fluoride supplements, but um, just putting it in the water supply for everyone completely violates the yeah. concept of informed consent. Excellent. Thank you so much for that. And I see also there's Waterkeeper Alliance and there's several groups of that. The Washington School and Child Care. Uh, oh, you've got laws in back. Oh, so you just listed where in where uh, parents might be looking for the certificate of immunization for their children and the certificate of exemption. And so they can learn about the exemption. There are full exemptions in Washington state, um, medical, religious, and personal. Um, the only vaccine that does not come with a personal exemption is the MMR. And we aim to get that back. Actually, we aim to remove all mandates, period. It should be totally a parental individual decision they make with their trusted healthcare practitioner. Um, and I mention go something? Ahead. Yes. I don't know if it's on there yet, but Informed Choice Washington does op offer a free risk benefit class that helps parents get connected with a practitioner who can provide a letter. The practitioner doesn't actually provide an exemption, but for daycare and K through 12 students, Parents can utilize this service to create their own exemption to which they attach the letter from the practitioner. And under state statute, this fulfills the requirements needed to opt their children out of certain shots. Yes. Yeah. So thank you so much for, for that, Lisa. That's that we know how difficult it can be right now to find a practitioner willing to give you a risk benefit consultation, which is required if you do want to utilize uh, an exemption in the state of Washington. So we set up this free service to try to help connect individuals with practitioners who will give you your legal right to a risk benefit consultation. It's, it's pretty simple. So then there's some other resources on there. I see, let me see how we're doing. We got three minutes remaining, but it might be less than that because I just looked over there. I don't know when that went up. Um, two minutes. Thank you, Nathan. Um, well, let's see. Last words, like 30 seconds. Ron and Sue, any last words of inspiration? Uh, keep up the good work. Join us. Do the boots on the ground thing. Stamp as loud as you can. Yeah. <laughs> thank you all. Yeah. Thank you, Ron and Sue. That's great. Thank you, and thank you so much, Bernadette. <laughs> we, owe, we owe you a lot. 
Oh, not at all. Not at all. I'm, I don't work alone. I'm just the loud one that gets all the attention. But love it. Love, <laughs> love it. I wouldn't be here without all of you. And and Lisa. Keeps us motivated, I'll tell you. Yeah. Lisa, your final words. Uh, final words. I'll repeat what Dr. Blakeman said earlier. No one's coming to save us. We've all got to do our part. And uh, we're the majority. And uh, if we all just stand up and say no, this this garbage ends tomorrow. Amen to that, Bob. I'll say that I'm I'm thankful, Bernadette, for you laying the foundation, getting the connections made for us to to help bring Children's Self Defense Mission to Washington. I think it's going to be a very much needed uh, effort here. There were so many groups that were angry during the pandemic, and they've kind of gone quiet a little bit. But this is kind of the moment where I think they can use Children's Health Defense as that rallying cry, that rallying group to join back in, stay active, stay connected. And, and here we are. Let's let's keep the ball rolling. Oh, Much perfect. Better. I love that. Right up to the music. Great timing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, guys. I love you all. And I just have to say quickly, I, I stand on the shoulders of mama bears who came before me, you know, and mm-hmm. we're just passing the torch. So mm-hmm. you've been listening to an informed life radio on 1150 AM KK and WNCHD TV. God bless. Spread the word. And we'll see you next week. <laughs> Hi, I'm Brad Dacus, president and founder of the Pacific Justice Institute. For over 25 years, PJI's mission has been to defend religious freedom, parental rights, and the sanctity of human life. PJI has protected patients from being taken off life support and stood up for citizens around the country facing job loss for medical decisions that should be left between them and their doctor. For free legal representation and resources, visit pji.org. Are you suffering from a sinking feeling that the COVID-19 pandemic is being blown out of proportion and that nothing in the news is making any sense? If so, then there is a fact-based, science-driven news show designed just for you. My name is Del Bigtree, and I am the host of The High Wire, the world's most trusted news source in digital media when it comes to accurate, science-based reporting on the COVID-19 pandemic. From COVID-19 vaccine development to mask mandates, school shutdowns to job layoffs, The High Wire goes beyond providing you with the most accurate, evidence-based investigations. We send you links to the sources for all of our reporting so that you can further your own investigation and come to your own informed conclusions. High above the agenda-driven circus of mainstream media, we do not run. We do not hide from the truth. Instead, we walk the high wire. If you care about truth, then join us on Instagram, Twitter, Roku, and our website, thehighwire.com.